Hey, everybody, this is Lisa Grunden, and I am the Hypno Magic Chick. Welcome to Unfuck Your Life, where we talk about any and every kind of topic. And the whole best thing about unfucking your life is getting rid of all the crap that isn't you. And it's that peace, it's that realization, it's that claiming of who you are and where you're going and what you're up to. And we are all about celebrating that. And today we have a very special guest in the house. We have Kim Green with us. This will be probably one of the first of many interviews that we do with her over the course of this podcast. And Kim is an amazing woman. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I'd just like to say a couple of things. She is old age. She is new age. She is newfangled. She is old fangled. She is the best person ever. You can have a conversation with Kim and it can go in a million different directions, all of which are inspiring because 2022 is not just our year to be, be more positive, to really open the gates and let everything in. It's your year to make anything possible. So drum roll, please. And let's welcome Kim Green. Thank you so much, Lisa. I want everyone to know we've had the most challenging, beautiful time trying to put this together, right? So we have had, we have had solar sunstorms that blocked our way. We have had tech issues. We've had down power lines and all this kind of stuff that took electricity out. And but we still persevered and we still did it anyway. So I am so thankful to you that you held in, I held in, and it just takes a little step every day towards wanting to make something happen and making our goals happen, regardless of what stands in the way. So I don't care if it's illness, I don't care if it's sickness, I don't care if it's the sun causing crazy storms on earth, whatever it is, then we can always make things happen. We just have to have to continue and not give up hope and just know that it will. And on that vein, you were telling me a story a short while ago. We were, Kim and I were chatting before the podcast and we've always had mentors. We've always had, sometimes that the critics called them crones, which is a fabulous word that is a beautiful word. And I have found some now of my own. And Kim, you were telling me a story about one of your like lifelong mentors. Oh. The lifelong mentors. She is, and she's my daughter's mentor too. We're talking three generations. Now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So this is really beautiful. I've been practicing alternative health and wellness for 30 years. Yeah. And I own a school where I teach people how to do this. And Vivian has been one of my main mentors. She just turned 94 in uh, November. She looks like she fell off a little charm bracelet. She's so cute, so <laughs> adorable, and yet so powerful. And her knowledge base is, is like nothing you've ever seen. And anyone will get sick eventually. And this woman never got sick. She continued to practice all during COVID. She never got COVID. She's 94 years old and she never got COVID because she knew what to do not to get it and keep her system strong. But she did end up with a tumor in her brain. And a lot of times you'll hear, you'll hear doctors say that eventually if you live long enough, you're gonna get some form of cancer or tumorous growth it just and she knew for a while but she wasn't letting on to any of us and telling us what was going on we knew too but we were just letting her do her thing we were letting her do vivian right yes but it got worse and worse to the point where she felt she was falling and and she ended up being on bed rest and she 
got to the point where she couldn't talk very well Mm. and she couldn't hear because the tumor was growing in her brain where she couldn't hear very well. And she went down and we're thinking, oh my God, we love Vivian. And we were getting her ready to pass and we were all there and we were all standing beside her and all walking with her during this whole journey that it's okay. She's walked with us and kept us alive. And this woman has actually saved my life twice. Mm. And so she's walked with us. And so we need to walk with her. And if she comes through, wonderful. That's what we all like because Vivian's going to live forever. And, and that's what we have in our minds. But if she doesn't, then she knows that she's loved and we're all going to be here with her. And, but what happened is this woman has such incredible knowledge and she knew what to do to take care of herself. So this is a woman who couldn't hardly talk. She was on bed rest. She was bedridden. She couldn't hardly hear any longer. And she turned it around to where she's hearing now. She's talking better. She's walking. She decided one day, oh, I'm not ready yet. She gets up, goes, and she walks out to the table and decides, I'm going to eat at my own table today. And so here's this 94-year-old woman who had something that should have been terminal. And she's turned it around, which is absolutely amazing to me. And she's even doing one to two sessions a day now. And she's been doing that for 60, 70 years. So it's just really beautiful to see how this old knowledge that she has and that she's gifted a lot to me. And I don't know everything that's in her brain. She's gifted a lot. So many different people can really save lives, but it saved her life. It saved my life. And, and that's what I really am passionate about is sharing this old knowledge that she has that is going to be lost if I don't share what she has shared with me. And, and what other mentors have shared with me, I've been so blessed. I've had 14 mentors over my lifetime with over mm-hmm. 850 years of combined experience. Oh, I love that. So it's, that's what I want to do. I want to share this knowledge with people. We're going to be having festivals to share it for free. We're going to be ha- writing a compendium. I'm almost done with it. It's just going to be gifted for free to put out in the public domain because that's where it belongs. It should not be hidden by practitioners. It needs to be in families. And women and men and children all need to learn this, these things. This is awesome. So if you've just uh, joined us, we are interviewing the fabulous Kim Green right now. So whether you follow a Western medicine path, an Eastern medicine path, you're somewhere in between, it doesn't really matter what it is that you do. We're giving you lots of suggestions, lots of ideas. Kim is going to show us and actually show us because we're going to put the video up on YouTube, even though on the podcast, you'll just be hearing about it. Although the recipe will be written, she'll be showing us how to make colloidal silver. And she's going to be talking more about the compendium that she's writing and a chance for you to get all of the rest, all of these really cool recipes too. It's amazing. And this is like a really great big, the best and greatest way of unfucking your life overall. Because you know what? Be a junk food junkie at this point and be really holistic at this. We're not talking you got to do one or the other. If you do, great, fine, whatever works for you. And so sit up, listen up, have pen and paper if you're ready or type on your keyboard because would you like to find out how to make colloidal silver and what some of the best uses for colloidal silver are? Let's turn it over to Kim and let her take it away. Kim, I'm going to spotlight you on the video so that it shows up better on Facebook. Yeah. So one of the things, colloidal silver is really in the news a lot, right? 
It's in the news a lot. People are wanting to know it. People are wanting to use it. I still want you to know this is colloidal silver. It is a metal. It's a heavy metal. I don't actually like to take colloidal silver and ingest it every day if I don't have to. It's going to it's gonna build in particulates. They're still going to build in your liver. So this is medicine that I'm teaching, folk medicine, and, and this is the historical use of it. So the historical use of colloidal silver was as an antibiotic, right? So if people were feeling sick, they would take colloidal silver. I do not suggest taking it every day because critters have colloidal silver resistance, just like antibiotic resistance. So when you want colloidal silver to work, then you need to have it to where it gets that pop for you instead of taking it every day, like some people do. And, and that's just how I was taught. Other people are taught differently, but I've been taught from some old timers. The other thing too, is I always suggest, right? When you're learning these kinds of things, find out the background of the people who are teaching you. Do they have decades of experience? Because a lot of times what's happening now is, is people will learn a little piece of something and then they'll go to teach it because they want to monetize it right away. I don't want to monetize my stuff. I just want to give it away. I've got the school. That's good. This kind of stuff, I just want it to go back and be like in your grandmother's medicine cabinet, right? So colloidal silver is not to be used every day, even if sometimes that's what you hear. It's great on cuts. It's great on anything, any open wound. It's, it's a natural antibiotic that will, will keep that area from getting infected. I also, when people come to me and they come to my clinic, if they have in really intense sinusitis and they've had sinus infections for years, I'll tell them to take a 50% solution of colloidal silver, 50% water or distilled water so it's nice and clean and do neti pots every day for six to eight weeks that way it gets back into the really deep recesses in the sinus cavities and flushes out that that bacteria that causes sinus infections so those are some of the ways that i use it the other thing too i've never i've seen this once one time and i've but i've heard about it many times um this would be a time frame where you would use it every day and you would drink about a cup to two cups a day, actually, is I've heard many people who have helped with brain cancers and that kind of thing by taking colloidal silver. So those are the different time frames that you might use it. And if you feel a little scratchy throat or something, you can do it then. But I have my little colloidal silver machine that, that I just had gifted to me and I had my homemade ones. So 20 years ago when, or gosh, probably closer to 25 years ago now, if I really want to be, if I really want to date myself, 25 years ago, I was the first time I ever heard of colloidal silver, 25, 27 years ago. And it was expensive even then to go out and buy it. And so for a little four ounce bottle, you're going to pay anywhere from 40 to 60 bucks at the store. And then when my daughter was born, it was like, okay, I want to learn how to make it. I can't afford to go buy it. And as a single mom, it's like, all right, how do I do this? And I'm really into how can I really save money in what I do instead of having to go out and buy tinctures? It's like, okay, I want to make my own, right? So I wanted to know how to make colloidal silver. So this little old man taught me how to make colloidal silver a long time ago. His name was Larry. I loved him. He was another one of my mentors who taught me a great deal about Chinese and Japanese medicine, which is some of the things I teach now in school. But I have my little colloidal silver machine that I have created and made. 
Thanks to my wonderful mentor, Larry. So you notice I have four cups of water, warm water. It's distilled or spring water. It's either between 98 and 104 degrees. I have clips. We used to use these as roach clips in the 70s to smoke our weed. The little <laughs> end of the blunt. So I have four clips. I have four little roach clips. You can get these. It used to be at Radio Shack, but you can get them at Home Depot or shop local, your local hardware store, the family hardware store, if you still have one. Even in cities, they still have them. So we want, yeah, we want four of these. We want three nine volt batteries because you have to have, you have to have 27 volts total in order to make colloidal silver. And this is very important because it doesn't work unless you use three of them. We have 99.9% real silver. So I have a, a flat silver uh, pounded slip and then I have a silver rod. Now, the reason why I want to do it this way is I want to have the pounded silver. It's been pounded, so it's going to be easier for the electric, the electricity process. I want the silver to actually come off of the flat rod and then I want the electrical component and the electrical conduction to come from the round rod. So when I put these side by side, I'm going to put my little machine up, I'm going to put them side by side into my water. This round rod will bubble and this flat rod will smoke. And then you'll see the colloidal silver coming off. And, and we're going to make four cups of colloidal silver today, but never use, never, ever use anything besides 99.9% real silver. Some people will say, can I use stainless steel? Can I use like silver plated stuff? It's like, no, it has to be 99.9% silver, like real silver and not sterling silver, never sterling silver. And then after we're done, you don't have to have anything special. You can have a little tiny bit of crunchy pad, so that way you can clean the silver off because once we put it in the water, it's going to get a little dark and black. So you want something to clean it and you don't want a lot of times I, I've used silver polishing cloths before, but a lot of times the silver polishing cloth, they actually have silver polish on them. So we don't want to ingest that. So a little scrunchy pad is good. If you can find a silver polishing cloth that doesn't have any silver polish on it, then that's fine. I actually prefer the silver polishing cloth than my scrunch pad, but that's okay. So what I'm going to do is I am going to connect my three batteries with my electrical wiring. And do you remember in seventh grade when you had to make the light bulb light up? Yep. I might not have remembered what any of it was, but I could always make my light bulb light up. So I loved playing with electricity. So we're going to go negative to positive. So what we have is we have the positive side right here on the battery. We have the negative side right here. So we want to hook the negative to the positive because we're making an electrical circuit. And then I'm going to take my next battery. And once again, I'm going to hook up my negative to my positive side. So my negative side is big. My positive side is small. So we're going to take the second roach clip and hook it up to our little battery. So now we have 27 volts. That's what I just did. I made 27 volts. Isn't that fun? I love electricity. Electricity is great. Okay. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my others 
I have two more birch clips and I am going to tie one onto this last battery. Doesn't want to quite do it for me here. There we go. And then I'm going to tie this one onto this battery. Okay. So this is my homemade machine, right? Now I have had this machine since Larry taught me what? 20, 20 years ago, something like that. I just dropped my silver. I'll be right back. Okay. So I've had this machine for 20 years. So when, and I've had the same silver for 20 years. Once you make this machine, you never have to make it again. All you have to get is water. So it's a one-time investment of three batteries, four, four roach clips, electrical wires, two pieces of silver. You can get that at a jewelry store. I would say go there, like a lapidary shop where, where you're going to be making jewelry. And, and then just a glass pitcher. Never use metal, right? Because we're making an electrical current. So you never use metal. You only use glass. And you don't ever want to use plastic either. Because what happens is we are making an electric circuit. So when we put these two pieces of silver into the water, there's going to be electric conductor between these two pieces of silver. And if you see, I can spark it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I see that. You can spark it. So there's my electrical current, right? So then I'm just going to put it about an inch apart all the way down. And we just, when I'm going to put it this way so you guys can see. So you can see it, yeah. So yep. it's not quite touching the bottom. You're hanging on to the silver. Yep. And I'm just holding it here for four minutes. Four minutes, yeah. And we don't want to touch it when it gets together. But if you could see, and I'm going to bring them a little, I'm going to bring you a little closer. If you can see this, there's little bubbles bubbling up on the round rod. Can you see the little bubbles? I can see something. Yeah, I can see something yeah. bubbling up there. Yes. There we go. There's the bubbles. There we go. Yeah. And then you're going to see the other rod smoking just a little tiny bit here in a moment. It takes a little bit sometimes. But it's starting to smoke. There we go. And it's not really smoking. What's happening is that the particulates of silver are starting to like slough off of the silver. So we keep it in this water for four minutes. And then at the end of four minutes, we have four cups of colloidal silver. So if you think about that, that I'm such a cheapo, right? Four cups is 32 ounces. If you went to the store and bought 32 ounces of colloidal silver, you're looking at anywhere from 120 to $150. And we just did it once you have your little machine made. So silver is more expensive now. And once you have your little machine made, you have a machine for the rest of your life. And you never have to buy cord of silver again, which is, that is really cool. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions while your brew is concocting. Yeah. So how does one store colloidal silver? Once, once it's made, where do we keep it? Yeah. So you're going to kind of keep it in an amber or a, or a cobalt dark bottle, right? So it needs to be in glass. Never put colloidal silver in plastic because you don't want the uh, plastic to leach into it. And then you're going to keep it in a cupboard in a nice, cool, dark space because colloidal silver is light sensitive. So you have to keep it in a dark environment so that way it doesn't get tainted with the sunlight. And you want it in a cool environment too. 
because heat will make it make it go bad as well. The other thing too is is if you get little particulates at the bottom of the bottle, right? Sometimes the bottles aren't necessarily that clean, or maybe over time it reconstitutes a little bit, which it can. You're just going to throw it out. And you're going to make a new fresh batch. Okay. Because most of the money was spent with the original investment. So they're really cool. So it looks like your little rods are what? About six inches long, four inches? Six inches. Oh, yeah. They're about six inches long and they're about an inch apart. So it's, and it's so much fun. I like doing these things. We're getting ready to do a homeopathic class here, gosh, in the next two weeks. So this morning, my friend who's doing this class with me, we got together and we like made all those little homeopathic kits with all of the little sugar pills. So that's going to be, be happening. And that's another thing. You know, a lot of times people are not taught how to make homeopaths. Yeah. That's a very important thing to learn how to make. And that's one of the things that I want to teach over time. And maybe I'll have you back on again, Lisa, and we can, I can show up how to make a homeopaths. All right, I'll have you back on many times. I am quite sure. Yeah. I want to ask a couple more questions about the yes. silver. Let's see if I remember what they were. So we know how to store it. Does it ever go bad after so many months or anything like that? If it's been in the cl- if it's been in your cupboard for about anywhere from four to six months, just pitch it. Just make it okay. happen. Like it doesn't cost you any money. It just takes 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes. And if you notice, if you can see, my water is starting to get cloudy. I can see that, yes. Yeah. Do you see how it's getting cloudy? So that's a nice, that's, you know, that's an, a nice indication that, my electrical current is working. I have little bubbles on my round rod. And uh, so we're just waiting for a few more minutes for it to get done. Awesome. Did you have to pound that silver rod yourself or did you buy it that way? I bought it that way. Okay. That's good to know. Yes. I'd be asking myself the question, is it pound is light enough? I'd be asking myself those kinds of questions. Yeah. No, I bought it this way. In Colorado Springs, we used to have a lapidary here. Mm -hmm. It went out of business, but I did find another jewelry store, another jewelry, a jeweler, not at the mall. He was just at the independent. He makes his own jewelry. Since he makes his own jewelry, he's going to buy silver rod and silver strands like this. So if you look up online, say handmade jewelry near me, you're going to find somebody who plays with silver and that's where you can go. And, and usually they'll sell you just a, a few little pieces of silver if, if you tell them what you're going to be using it for. That's so that's not a... Yeah, that's how you could find the silver because silver, silver like this is a little harder to find nowadays, right? Because we have so many, it used to not, 22 years or 20 years ago, it wasn't that hard to find because we had a lot of craftsmen who made their own jewelry. Mm-hmm. But now that we have a lot of hard jewelry made overseas and jewelry stores ships it in, it's harder to find jewelry. So a lapidary shop that does, that does rocks a lot of times, they have a jeweler in there or looking up homemade or handmade jewelry near me and they will be doing it. So that's been about four minutes. We're going to take it out. We're just going to put our things over to the side, making sure that our two electrical rods don't touch each other. Right. Four cups of colloidal silver. It's, it's kind of got the whole murky. Cloudy. I love that. I love that. And so when you use your scrunchie or your silver polishing cloth without minus the silver polish, it's just water, right? Distilling powder. Yeah. So actually you dry the silver. I'll show you here in a minute. Oh, okay. You can dry the silver. And if I dry my, yeah, I'm going to dry it with my fingers. Oh, okay. Just with your fingers. 
see my fingers. It's going to be dry. It's not going to be wet. So I'm going to use my little scrunchie. And because it's going to turn brown in the water, and I'm just going to use my little scrunchie. I'm going to make sure that I get it all polished back up and it's nice and cool. Nice and I'm um, speaking for myself and maybe a few other people. I always have some kind of lotion on my hands that I have put on in the morning. And even though I've washed my hands many times during the day, is that yeah. a danger for if there's anything? On yeah, you don't, you don't want to have lotion or anything or oils on your hands. Okay. When you, I just made, we just made 30 homeopathic kits. Yes. So I've been washing my fingers and my hands all day. So that way I could do that. And so, yeah, and it's fun because as you do this, it's like there's this metallic kind of conduction that happens. Yes. And as you rub it on it, the, the metal gets warm and it's fun. Yeah. So, so see, I have a really nice shiny piece of, of silver again because it will get tarnished in the water tarnished silver. So if you want to keep your silver clean, you don't want to use tarnished silver when you're making your colloidal silver now, right? For 70 bucks, if you don't want it. Now, when I was Oh, that's paying, right. You were gifted a, a, yeah. a toy. I have another toy. Yeah. So when I was making my colloidal silver machine, colloidal silver machines were anywhere from 150 to 220 25 dollars. Well, 20 years ago. So that was quite a bit. Yeah, so yeah, that's a lot of cash. And so I looked it up online right before we started, Lisa, and I saw, I found one for $69.95 on Amazon. <laughs> so this is a colloidal silver machine. Now this should be eight ounces of distilled water. It's not, but all I had was a quart jar. Gotcha. So what you're going to do, and, and so you can see, look, oh, isn't that fun? I got black on my fingers from the, from this from the uh, corrosion that the water made on the silver already. Isn't that fun? I like to get, I like to garden. Okay. I love, I love to play in the dirt too. Okay. Okay. So here is a little colloidal silver machine. This one was called the Tesla colloidal generator. So it has, it has your two silver rods. You're going to put the red one in and the black one in. And then if we touch it together, it should make this little light light up. I need new batteries, by the way, because it's not lighting up very long. But it'll light up. Can you see it? No, you got to lift it up a little bit. There you go. Okay, there you go. See it. Yes. Yes. So it's lighting up a little bit. No, it's not. But I made it light up in seventh grade, even though I was stoned. <laughs> you think I could do it again? There you go. So it's lighting up. So it's just being a little persnickety because it needs new batteries. But And there are three 9-volt batteries in here. Okay, so it's all nice and fancy and it's got a little, ooh, it's got a light bulb <laughs> and it's got these little things. And all you got to do in an eight ounce glass of water, not a quart, is take 98 degree water. You put it in there, you set it on your glass and ta-da, in one minute for eight ounces, you are going to have real silver. So that is how. Yeah. So whatever way they do it, they're still, there's not only saving a bunch of money and it depends on how you want to play with it. If you yeah. like playing with the organics of it, because those of you who weren't paying attention or couldn't see the video, her face was just lit up because you can see she totally geeks out on homeopathic stuff, create creations. I call them brews. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is just something. It's not only very earthy, it's very like completes all the circuits within me when I make it homemade soup thing. And so I loved watching your face as you were doing this. And I have a question and. It's because uh, I thought about it because I thought it was an uh, owie on your hand before I realized that you were just playing in dirt. 
that how can they touch the silver with their hands? How how do we go about this? Because I know that yeah. I I am not yeah. the best at keeping everything yeah. the way I should. Yeah. So you want to have everything sanitary and sterile, right? Because we're making medicines. So now I was playing with the silver with my fingers and that kind of thing before I put the silver generator in. But I would have cleaned it very well. Yes, yes. We saw you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. yeah. So I would not use this, not that one. I will use the silver. When you made. Right. Yeah. And and, yeah. And then the dirt from my fingers is like the dirt from the silver rod, right? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) So that's the way it goes. Yes. Because that's the way it goes. And I'm going to take this out because it's been a minute. And so I wanted to show you both, right? Mm -hmm. I like the, that. I'm glad to see that. Yeah. Yeah. But the way you're gonna the way you're gonna work with it, you're gonna work with it in a sterile environment. So with a colloidal silver, it can be spring water or distilled water. <laughs> you're never gonna use water straight out of the tap. Right. Because we're making we're making something that we're going to occasionally ingest, not that often. Right. But if you're if you're going to be doing the neti pot with sinusitis, it is going to get into your capillaries and your bloodstream. So we want this to be as clean as possible. Our glass jars are going to be very clean. My scrunch pad, I'm probably going to, if you notice, because it's such a cheapo, <laughs> I cut it. <laughs> I saw that. Right. I love it. Yes. One. It's, so I might just use this for one scrubbing and then I'm going to pitch this and get a clean one. So, yeah. And you can and, call it cheapo. I think one of the new, what is one of the new words that the, Exclusive creme de la creme are calling it when they're recycling. They're calling um, it re- recycling, reusing, re- whatever. Repurposing. repurposing. There's the word. Thank you. Cheapo repurposing. Yes. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So the other thing too is you want the bottle that you're going to put it in. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that bottle sterilized. And you don't want to mix, you know, the colloidal silver that you've made with any droplets of water from, from how you're doing it. So you can actually boil up, boil water to pot, uh-huh. submerge your cobalt bottle and, oh, okay. and, and get it, put the boiling water in your bottle, and then you're going to drain it out. And then you can use, since you're using a pitcher, it's already going to have a pour spout. You're not going to want to use a metal funnel. You're not going to want to use plastic funnel, you're going to want to use the pour spout and just be very careful about how to pour it into that cobalt bottle. And you could get cobalt eight ounce bottles at food store. And you want to make sure that you get the hard cap, not the stopper dropper bottles. Okay. Yeah. So you want to, yeah, you want to make sure you get the hard caps. Thank you. I didn't ask that question before. And what I have are the stop are with the little stoppers in them. So I will get some with the hard caps this time. The hard caps, yeah, because think about it. The rubber on on those are very, they, they just leach very easily. They would, yeah, they would. I had yeah, they leach very, the hard caps really don't. And this is what I always tell people. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go on a final tangent here because this would be really cool, but it's also very important. Okay. So I was classically trained as an aromatherapist 30 years ago. And aromatherapy is so big right now, but everybody's selling product. Aromatherapy. Yeah is once again, it is a folk medicine that you are not supposed to use every day. And I hear especially, so if you have, and do this as an experiment for those people who like to take oregano and ingest it, in the old fashioned way, you never ingested oregano oil, you never ingested a hot oil ever, 
because it burns the lining of your stomach up eventually. So you take a, a little two ounce bottle with a, with a plastic dropper in it and you put a lot oregano oil in there and you make sure that the dropper has some in it. You roll it over on its side, right? And you leave it in a closet for about 30 to 60 days. Sometimes it takes 90 days, depends on how potent it is. The, the oregano oil I make will eat through that little rubber stopper in about 30 days. Holy smokes. So if it can eat through the end of that rubber, you know, that rubber stopper. I think I have one around here somewhere. Maybe right in here. If it could eat through that in 30 days, think about what it is. Oh, here we go. See, look, it's got a little. So this is what I'm talking about. This yeah. little dropper. Hot oregano oil, the way I make it, is going to eat through this in about 30 days. If it can eat through this in 30 days, think about what it's doing to your stomach if you are ingesting it every day. That's good to so, know. I had a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm somebody that from time to time ingests peppermint oil. So I probably won't be doing that anymore. Yeah. Peppermint oil is considered a hot oil. So drink peppermint tea. That's what it was. Peppermint is supposed to be used. Yeah. But you it would soothe my stomach. That's why I was doing it. Exactly. So, yeah. So rather than using the peppermint oil, drink peppermint tea. It's far better for you. I can do that. I love it. Thank you for creating these concoctions. So we mentioned in the beginning that you are creating this book, this, you have a special name for it. And I keep forgetting the special name. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that and how these listeners can find out more about you and can find out how to get these really cool recipes that you are sharing with us. Okay. So basically the compendium in June of 2018, I just had this, when you're nesting, when you're pregnant and you're nesting and you're about ready to give birth. Yeah. I remember those 30 days before you're going to have this baby, you flip out and you think, oh my God, I don't have everything I need. I need this and this and this and this. I had that same nesting experience in June of 2019. And I went to Vivian and I said, Vivian, I said, if anything happens to you or me, or any of the other people that you've trained over the years, everything's lost that's in your brain. And I said, I don't even have half of what's in your brain. Yeah, I'm, and I have a little smidgen. So I went to it and I said, is it okay if everything that you've taught me, if I write down and we just put it out into the public domain? Because people don't know how to take care of themselves any longer. And I said, I don't want to sell it because everybody's selling it. Everybody's monetizing it. That is not my goal. My goal is to put it in the public domain so that way everyone has access to it. Because these used to be our ways, right? This was our way of taking care of our families and ourselves. And so we're writing it as a historical ethnography, right? So some of the things in it I've used, many of the things that Vivian's used, many of the things in it I've learned from other elders of different ethnicities that they've used and they've seen work. Some of it is just a historical component that I've gone back and researched old books from the 1800s and 1900s to find out, wow, what did they do with these things? So we're looking at it as a historical ethnography. So that way people will see what our ancestors used to do. And, but, and they can get this compendium. They can get it by going to my website. Um, so it's www.advancedtherapyinstitute.net. It's not finished yet. Everyone is going to have to sign a disclaimer because I'm not putting this out here as do this for this cure, right? No, this is a historical ethnography. This is to keep 
our historical knowledge in the human race, right? Because we are losing this through what I call the knowledge void. We have this void and knowledge is going in it and nothing is coming back out. So people can go to my website. There's a couple of different um, tabs on my website. You'll see one called uh, the Wellness Way Revolution. That's, that's where you'll find a link for the compendium when we're done. I'm expecting probably March or April of 2022. Then you can go on, you can sign the disclosure, a disclaimer saying that you understand it's a historical ethnography and it's not a how do I heal myself book. It's not a medical book. And so you're going to sign off on that and then it'll be just sent to you automatically through my automation. The other thing too, is if you want to learn some things now, I have many different little um, vignettes and, and podcasts that I've been on over the last several years. And you can go to another tab on my website at www.advancedtherapyinstitute.net. And you can go down to the bottom and you can see media and, and podcasts. And if you go there, you can see other little podcasts that I've been on. I have one where I show how do you treat a spider bite with prairie sage? And so that's one that, that I've done with Danette Kabunda. And the other thing too, is I'm not monetizing, but if anyone wants to help with this festival that we're putting on, we're going to be putting on a festival. You can either get online and, and participate that way. Or if you live in Colorado Springs, you can actually come in person. We're going to be doing that in March or April. You can, you can. Get online and you can go to a GoFundMe page. It's GoFundMe forward slash E53EA769. And, and you can donate money for that festival because we're going to have different people who know different things that are going to be coming out for it. I have somebody who's going to be showing how to make a holy path. We're going to be showing how to make an herbal tincture. We're probably going to do some indoor gardening. Our plan is that when we get all these videos. We have several school districts around Colorado Springs mm -hmm. that have at-risk kids that we are going to give these videos to these school districts. So when they have a sub, instead of watching Back to the Future or some old 80s movie like a lot of the subs anymore, they can be watching historical things about how to take care of themselves. Now they're probably going to roll their eyes and think, I'm not interested in this at all. I don't care about this stuff. But that's okay because they saw it once and if anything ever happens where they need it, they'll go, wow, I remember. And this is what she did. And that's the kind of knowledge because all kids roll their eyes at older people. My daughter is 22. Do you know how much she rolls her eyes at me? She has been growing up with this stuff since she was in my belly. So she would tell me today, she says, mom, I could teach one of your classes because of who's that? But that's what we're going to do. And then once we're in several school districts here in Colorado Springs, we want to branch out and we want to put it in school districts across the nation. That's a really in, great goal. That's a really different schools. Yeah, in different schools across the world. Because when we talk, Talk about ancestral knowledge. We think of indigenous peoples and that kind of thing. We all had ancestors. We all, we had Germanic ancestors. The, the Germans had bone setters. They were incredible herbalists and they knew how to set bones when people fractured their, 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 their arm or whatever, or dislocated their shoulder. And so we all have ancestors. We all have knowledge that came down and was passed down to us. And so when I say ancestral knowledge, I'm not, not trying to take anyone's culture. I am sharing, we all have, and we should have access to 
as a common humanity. So that's awesome. I like what you said too about the, because I still roll my eyes sometimes at things that my mom says, and I'm a lot older than 20. I have kids that are older than 20. Anyway, what I like though, is you don't know what of those are butterfly wings, right? That we, there are some things that I heard about decades ago that all of a sudden light a fire under me. You know what I mean? Who knows how far this is going to go and spread. And I, I love the fact that we honor all traditions. Whatever you have, whatever you do is great. This is merely to augment maybe a new life path for you because Kim knows her stuff. She really knows her stuff. Kim, you have been such a fabulous guest. I always like to ask this question because here we do things different. Unfucking your life is owning yourself and it's the peace. It's not the finger to the rest of the world. It's the I love you because I love me and I love me. So it's really easy to love you to the rest of the world. What piece of advice or what piece of anything would you share with our listeners today? I think the most important thing in unfucking anybody's life is to remember who you really are. If you remember who you really are, who you were when you were five years old or three years old, before any of the bad stuff ever happened to you, right? Before any of the traumas, any of the dramas, any of that. If you remember who you were in your heart and that innocence and that purity, and you just have a faint glimmer of it, maybe you can't remember all of it, but you just have a faint glimmer of it. And you go back there again, again, and you just be in that presence of all that innocence and all that love that we had when we were little. Maybe you didn't have much love. Maybe you were a brat. (laughs) But everybody has some little spark of innocence and purity in them. And go back to that because that's, that's really who we all are. You really gave me a great idea for a podcast that I will do a podcast. Uh, for those that are not quite sure how to get there, because yeah. it's a lot easier than all of us think or imagine. It's not complicated at all. And if any of you are even slightly thinking that who you underneath it all, you don't want anybody to know that is such a crock of shit. It isn't even funny because that's just programming. Who you yeah. are is magnificent beyond belief. So I yeah. love that you shared that with us. So your website, one more time for the listeners so they can go out there and get this fabulous recipe and see what else you're up to. Cool. It is www.advancedtherapyinstitute.net. And www.advancedtherapyinstitute.net. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We have the institute because I actually am an occupational trade school. I trade, I train practitioners and people in this profession. Awesome. Thank you very much. So you guys have been a great audience. Kim, you've been a fabulous guest. Thank you for joining us. We have a long relationship ahead of us. I'm so looking forward to checking out your website myself and seeing what else, what other little tidbits of fabulousness are out there. So all of you guys, until next time, remember you are bold, you are beautiful, you are bodacious, and you are fucking fabulous. This is Lisa. See you next time. Bye-bye. You have fun. You feel empowered. You feel that confidence. Unfuck Your Life podcast is to help you grow your current self-worth to maximum confidence. So listen, subscribe, share, and get ready to have a kick-ass life. Interested in learning more about Lisa? Go to lisarundin.com. 
L-I-S-A-G-R-U-N-D-E-N.com.